news. The vibes are sensational today because the NBA season is back and you are listening to the Hoop Genius Podcast, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast, the greatest podcast in the world, sponsored by <laughs> NBA 2K23. Yeah, that's how we're coming this season. I, I'm done with the humble. I'm telling everyone, <laughs> if you ain't listening to this podcast, you're missing out. Because we're going to be here five days a week all season long. BJ Armstrong, moment so you know the damn vibes. We're here, BJ, how you feeling? Excited for this season? You know what, Mo? My wife said today, this morning, she said, why come when Mo calls, you always take the call in the refrigerator? <laughs> Tell them. I say it because he's coming in hot and I got to chill. Hey. <laughs> we ready. Yesterday, we gave the people our predictions. Today, we got to get ready for tonight. And tonight, yes, the reigning champions, the reigning Eastern Conference champions, the reigning team who underachieved and missed the play-in, and the reigning process. Celtics, Warriors, Lakers, Sixers, all in action. We got Tatum, we got Curry, we got LeBron, we got Embiid. It's going to be a star-studded night. The Warriors are getting their rings. Draymond will be there, not suspended. We're going to start over in East, though, with the early tip game. Or early for you, half past midnight for us over here. With the Celtics and the Sixers, what are you predicting to go down in that first matchup? Because this is going to be the first real test for the Ime Adoka-less Celtics. And bear in mind, They'll also be without Rob Williams III, a.k.a. the Time Lord, who celebrates his birthday yesterday. Shout out to the Time Lord. He's not going to be there. He's injured. And being their starting center is a big loss, especially going up against the Philadelphia 76ers team, which features one of the best centers we've seen in a long time. Well, you know, Mo, I don't put much into preseason, as you know. Mm-hmm. And then the first half of the season. Now, I don't really start saying who's who until after 25 games in the season. Why 25 games? Is because you, it, that amount of games allows you to go around the league, get on the road a little bit, get to the West Coast, and you've played probably – over half, three quarters of the league by now, if not every team in the league, at least once. Oh, yeah. It's allowed me to see the scouting reports. It's allowed me to see your rotations. It's allowed me to see and make a projection on who, who's who at that particular time. Now, you talk about the first game of the season. There's a lot of hype. Because mm-hmm. we're going on what we saw last season going into this season. Coach Doka, that's well documented. You can go read about that, find out what's going on. However, when the Time Lord is not there, because the players who are playing in between those lines, that's what matters most. They've picked up Blake Griffin. I want to see how that fits out, fits, you know, works out. You know, Al Horford is a year older. They've picked up Brogdon and, and all those guys. So I want to see what's going on. But more importantly, I want to see how this is going to go on. And I need about 20 games or so to see the rotation, see what's going on, see who who fits with who, who's in shape, who's not in shape. You know, they have a new head coach. There's going to be a new vibe. There's going to be new energy. 
But of course, only thing we can go on is last year. So let's see how this plays out. I like their team. Of course, you and I were there for the finals. We saw their last game of the season. So it's fresh in our minds. Mm -hmm. You being a, you know, full disclosure, you're a huge Celtics fan. Just a little Uh, bit. bit. (laughs) And this is going to be a good test. However, you know, let me see this game at about all-star break. Then we can know. Because last year, okay, the Boston Celtics were really bad. They were awful at the first part of the year. And then when you saw them play in January, they were the best team in the league in the second half of the regular season. Yep. I mean, that's how these things change. So we know they have – they have they have a, a very talented player. He's probably a top ten player now, Jason. Hey, yeah, easily, yeah. easily. You know, Jalen Brown is on the cusp, right? He's, he's on the cusp. He, he's going to be an all star season. Door. He's going to yeah, be an all star season. He's going to have a big. Yeah, year. He, he he's in the top. He's a top twenty five player. He's and getting better. You know, I think the, this is a season he could have a breakout. You know, a, like one of those breakout seasons that cements him and say, "This is who I'm going to be for the remainder of my career." I like their team. I like what they did over the summer, the players that they acquired. And, but you know, I, like I told you, I picked Philly. I think Philly is fantastic. I love the PJ Tucker pickup. I'm going to be looking at that matchup closely. Okay. PJ Tucker on Tatum and, and Brown because he has his work cut out, but they have wing players. You know, Tybal is another wing player that can, that can defend. I want to see how. James Harden, what's his role going to be this year? You know, now he's in shape and all of these things. And of course, you know, my man, Tyrese Maxey, he'll be the fastest guy on the court. I want to see how the, the rainy defensive player of the year is going to reel this guy in. So there's a lot of things for us to be looking out, looking out at. I don't think there's any matchup for, for the big fella, though. <laughs> I don't think there's no matchup for him. Well, well, historically... Out of all the players in the NBA, Al Horford has given him the most problems out of everyone yeah, that, except for that. Aaron Baines, who actually, while we're there, shout out to Aaron Baines because he's back healthy, back playing basketball in the Australian League after the horrendous mm-hmm. accident that happened to him uh, last year, I believe, during the summer. So it's good to see him back on his feet because he had to relearn how to walk and everything. So shout out to Aaron Baines. Right. But when they had the uh, front court of Baines and Horford, every time they met Philly in the playoffs, they would do a great job on Embiid. Horford and, seems and, to have the old man strength, you know, because he's not bigger than him, he's not taller than him, but he's just got that strength. You know what I'm talking about, BJ? You know when he's just got that. Oh, edge. I know, I know what you're talking about, and you know, it, and it, it's funny. There's always a player in the league that always has your number. Yeah. Every and Al Horford may be that player. However, on paper, I'm going to go with what I see. There should be an, a huge advantage for Joel Embiid. But that's why we play the game. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. And, of course, you know, my preseason coach of the year, Glenn Doc Rivers. (laughs) (laughs) The agenda continues. Day two. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Speaking of that, I want to know what you're looking out for defensively from the Sixers because there's no question on offense. Embiid's going to put up 30 a night. Harden going to put up, he could put up 30 a night if he's back healthy. Right. Maxi, I reckon, can give you anywhere from 17 to 25 on any given night. What are you looking for defensively, though, from these guys? Because yeah. we know MB well, is trying to take a step up in protecting the rim, but Harden, big eyes are going to be on him. You, you, you know, Mo, what, I, but what are you looking for? Yeah, what, here's what I'm looking for. I think that's a great question. When we watch these games early, 
You know, Mo, when I was when I was playing and I was on good teams, we always had a like it was like an unwritten rule. And you don't see it much. Maybe you do. I just don't hear about it as much. You try to get three stops in a row. Mm -hmm. And then that was, a, you know, that was like a feather in your cap. Mm -hmm. Can we get three stops in a row? And then go down and score. That's how I play 2K. Yeah, you try to get three stops in a row. Now, what I'm going to look for with the Sixers is what is their commitment to that? Getting three stops in a row. Because if you get three stops in a row, now you pretty much have a handle on that team, whatever set, right? Because they're probably going to run three different plays. And it doesn't matter what play they run. You have them under control. And I want to see if Philadelphia is committed to the defensive end. Offensively, they can score. Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, they're going to figure that out. I have no doubt about that. But can they commit and make the same commitment to the defensive end and get three stops in a row, you know, for a series? When I say a series, you know, consecutively over and over again during the course of the game. If you're able to do that, now you really have my attention. So I want to see how committed they are. Now, I think the Celtics understand this because they don't have as many options on the offensive end that can carry a team like the Sixers, but they are definitely committed, at least last year, to the defensive end. And now you have to recommit this year, and they, and they should be good this year as well. It's interesting. Missoula, the new coach of the Celtics, said last year we were all about defense. Now we're turning our attention to offense. And I don't think that's to say that they're disregarding defense in the sense that this is how we play defense as a team. And now everyone knows it. We can focus more into fine-tuning the offense so it's not just Tatum and Brown taking it in terms to go isolation. So... For the Celtics, how different do you expect them to look given the changing in coaching staff? Or do you think we'll see a very similar style of play that we did in the NBA Finals? Hopefully without the 20 turnovers, or I will lose my mind on day one of the seeds. BJ, if if there's no podcast tomorrow, it just means the Celtics had 30 turnovers. So I'm going to give you guys the warning right now. Well, they probably will. So that's going to be no surprise. Because you and I were there, and and Mo, ladies and gentlemen, had his paper out, and he was tracking the turnovers during the course of the game. <laughs> I ran out of okay. paper. <laughs> yes, you did, because there were a lot of turnovers. <laughs> well, I'm going to give the Celtics a break, because you know I wasn't a huge believer. I have to say this of the Time Lord. It was brought to my attention early by Mo of Many his impact ago. on the defense. Yeah, on the especially on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. And as I began to watch him over and over again, I said, you know what? Okay, this isn't just a good matchup. This is who he is and his impact on the game. Now, Marcus Smart received the Defensive Player of the Year, deservingly so. But let me tell you something. The anchor of the defense is the time for it. Yeah, if he and none didn't of get, that works. If, if he didn't get injured, he would have been my pick for Defensive Player of the Year now. If he if he's oh and look you can say a lot of ifs and couldas and wouldas but let me tell you something ladies and gentlemen if the big fella was healthy in the NBA finals even though they had all of those turnovers because every game he played above average they won no seriously mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now I'm not taking anything away from the Warriors Warriors. They were terrific, da-da-da, da-da-da. 
But when the big fella felt good, when that little, that gimpy knee that he had was feeling good that day, he really was impactful. Mm -hmm. He's just an impactful player on, on determining the outcome of the game and what he does and what he brings. So when he gets healthy, then I think it gives us, the fans and people who cover the game like you and I, the opportunity to say this is who they're going to be. But they're going to need the big fella because the big fella, he erases all of the mistakes. He anchors the defense. He does all the heavy lifting for them on the defensive end. And they don't have another player who can do half of what he does. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he he's just that good on the defensive end. I don't think many teams have a player who could do half what he does because it's not just rim protection. You saw him swatting three-pointers, starting in the key, and as yes. soon as the shot goes up, he's blocking it. So that's the first matchup. I'm going to have to press you here, BJ, for a winner. Who do you think takes the opening night dub? Celtics Sixers. at home. You think the Sixers are going to come in and steal Sixers. the win? Yeah. Did you see the new Sixers. Celtics uniforms that came out in honor of the great Bill Russell? They, uh, um, I they think I may have. I may have. They don't I, look I amazing. But they look much better on the team, which is shocking, you know, um, that NBA jerseys look better on NBA athletes than a regular human. BJ, I just sent them to you if you want to have a look. Uh, okay. Down the side of the jerseys, there is 11 little gold logos to symbolize the Bill Russell's 11 championships. It's got the number six patch that I believe every team should be wearing this season. The font on the front is the same font on a restaurant that I believe Bill Russell used to own in Boston. And um, they're going to wear them on some special edition nights, including a tribute game for the great pioneer of the franchise. What do you think about those threads, BJ? Looks nice. You know, you, you got to buy one, right? It's it's a, I mean, how special is that? You got a player who won 11 championships. Mm -hmm. Looks amazing. Celtics, they look great in the NBA finals, Mo, I can tell you that much. Yes, sir. Well, the other matchup, <laughs> the other matchup, Moving right along, <laughs> is the reigning champions who beat the Celtics in the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors, taking on oh. the media's favorite team, the LA Lakers. Um, the key talking point here is obviously Draymond is going to be playing, and I already okay. know there's going to be a play where Draymond throws an assist to Jordan Poole, and then he high fives him, and everyone's going to be going crazy because that's just how the internet works. But easy work for the Warriors to start their season off. They're going to collect their rings because I remember when we had this conversation last season when we were talking about the Milwaukee Bucks collecting their rings, you always said that's the hardest game to win is the one in which you mm, lifted mm -hmm. your banner and collected your ring. So mm -hmm. for you guys, the new listeners who weren't here a season ago, BJ, why is it the most difficult game to win opening night when you're collecting your championship? Well, it, 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 throw, it, throws your, it throws your rhythm off because your team no longer is in charge of the, you know, the, the, you know, the, whatever your routine is. Okay. When I say your routine, you know, the lights go off and now and out in your players, your team kind of has its own rhythm. Everyone kind of knows the league comes in now TV comes in and now they are in charge of the evening and it just, it's delayed. It's throwing you off. It's you warm up. Then you got to, you know, you got to cool down and they got to announce all of the players and, NBA players are creatures of habit. A lot of the players, they have a set routine they go through every game day, set warm-ups they go through, set rituals they go through, a little bit of superstition going on over there. So I hear what you're saying. But do you think... Yeah, it just throws your, just throws your rhythm. The other side I as think. well is the opposition has to watch you raise your banner, especially for someone like a LeBron James, 
who's coming closer and closer to the end, if his career is ever going to end, of his career, that he's going to watch that banner go up and really be hungry to go and get one more. How much fuel do you think that will add to the Lakers tank before this one? You know, when you're 26, 27, you look for things like that to add fuel. LeBron is what, 37, 38? Yeah. You know what? This is another night. You know, this is another night for him. So I think right now, this will be a good test for the Lakers to figure out how good they are and how good they could be. So I expect them to come out and play hard, play well. And Coach Ham, I think with this game, he probably has four or five guys right now that he trusts, right? LeBron, AD, you know, Pat Bev, you know, Russell. He has four or five guys. Now he's looking to build that out, say, if I can get – if I can get 10 guys that I can rely on every single night and find out the chemistry of these guys who plays well with each other, because that's what I think he was trying to do. Over the, I think this will be a big achievement. And you're playing against arguably the one of, if not the best team in the league right now, the Golden State Warriors. I know it's game one, but they're arguably better than they were coming into this time, same time last year. So for those of you guys who don't know, we're actually recording this the day before. So BJ, do you expect Russell Westbrook to come off the bench for opening night? I expect, this is what I expect for Russell. You know, this is an interesting team. And I don't even look at it. If you're coaching this team right now, here's the, here is the dilemma that we're all faced with. Okay. And Coach Ham, he's got to manage the game. And he knows that he's has not one, but two players. His two best players are not going to be available probably more than 70 games this year. Okay. Mm -hmm. That puts him in an awkward position because you can say what you want to about Russell. Russell is going to show up and play. Mm -hmm. Now, all right, so Russell comes off the bench. LeBron doesn't play. What's going to happen immediately? You're going to need Russell. AD doesn't play. What's going to happen immediately? Mm-hmm. Russell, AD, and LeBron doesn't play a game or two or, or longer. What's going to happen? I think what this is really all about, if you're asking me, because I'm not expecting LeBron James to play 70-plus games. I'm not. And I'm certainly – I'm hoping AD plays 70-plus games, but I'm, I mean, I just you, – you can't. What I personally think is going on is the following. You're trying to find space for Russell to be Russell. Because as we just noted five minutes earlier, we love, athletes love to have their routine set. And when you come into a game and your your role changes game to game, week to week, you hear players saying, I got to get my rhythm. Mm -hmm. I have to get my rhythm. Now, Russell, more than any player, and I'm not making an excuse for Russell, and you know know, I'm a Russell, I I like Russell. But let me tell you honestly, because he's not going to say it, and he doesn't make excuses, but you got to say it. I can't think of a player whose role hasn't been defined, and he's an all-star, a Hall of Fame player, and he's coming in a year two, and we don't even know his role. 
Mm-hmm. What's his role on the Lakers? Is he, is he, he yeah, is, with the Lakers. He is the uh, bulletproof vest for the team. He is the one who's going <laughs> to absorb all the hatred from the media <laughs> and the fans. And he's and the only one that shows Rob up. Laker and Genie Bus to keep getting away with it. And, and I'll tell you this: the most he consistent show, guy to show up. If he didn't show up last year, they might have won the first pick and given it away because they traded it away. But you, you know what I mean? Like, what did he exactly? I, I mean, he Russ. So I think Coach Ham is doing him a favor. Look, if you know every night you're coming off the bench, no, regardless of what happens. Because if he comes off the bench and they don't win, now who are you going to blame? Mm-hmm. If he comes off the bench and averages 18, 5, and 5, it, think about it. If he just comes off the bench and does that, this guy is in conversation for six man of the year. The most improved, even potentially. If the Lakers are winning games. Well, I don't think he's – how can you be most improved? The guy's average a triple-double. I don't know if you can improve that. But, <laughs> but, the, but what I'm saying is at least allow him to find his routine and rhythm within the game because he's going to play. The guy mm-hmm. deserves it. I mean, he he shows up. He plays hard. He's in shape. He, he, but he needs the ball in his hand. LeBron has it. AD needs it. And, and let's face it, those guys aren't like – runners like they used to be and i think i think it's it could be good for russell and then all of a sudden now the responsibility i've never seen a team that their best players don't take any responsibility for the wins or losses Mm -hmm. of the team Mm -hmm. and it always falls on russell's shoulders but it is what it is and i you know and so i think coach ham is just trying to find you know where can his team operate best and if that means Russell can play 10 to 12 minutes a night on the floor where he's clearly the number one option, because that's what he's used to. He's the number one option. He's been that for the majority of his career. And he's done that. And it's just been him. And I can only think of another time where he probably deferred a little bit. And that was to KD. But KD was a role player and they were both young. So there were a lot of opportunities in the way. I, I don't know if KD's ever been a role player, but I, I hear what Who's you're saying. This? You just said KD was a role no, I said he deferred to KD. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. He deferred to KD. Okay, yeah. KD was clearly the, the yeah, right? yeah, 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 he was the best talent. But I don't think Russ always deferred to him. Do you think? Do you think we finally see the season of AD at the five, or do you think we're going to see AD still playing the four and they're going to slide someone in, a Thomas Bryant, or I, I think AD. From what I can see, AD. If the team is going to win a championship, AD is going to have to play the four. Because you you have to anchor, you have to anchor the defense. And AD, if he's a four, now you can have a five man play in the dunker spot, which AD needs. So you're going to have now a Thomas you, Bryant or a Damian Jones? Yeah, well, well uh, again, I, I think you need rim protection. I don't think those guys are the elite rim protectors like Time Lord and the yeah, McGee. They're not in the same guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, those guys. It was the guy at Cleveland. I can't think of his name right now. Um, Allen. Not Mobley. No, Jared Allen. Those guys. Jo- Joel Embiid. You need those guys. But then you say, where is AD? Have, where is he most effective? He's most effective as a stretch five. Yeah. That's where he's most effective. He just doesn't like playing it. He just doesn't want it. Well, I, I don't think he doesn't like playing it. I just think it's too much weight 
that he's playing against on the yeah. other end. Yeah. He's, you know, he's playing against Jokic. He's playing against Embiid. He's playing against those guys, you know, DeAndre Jordan. He's, those guys are big, you know, and you playing against those guys over and over. And, and I think it just wears him down. So where do I think he'll end up playing? If we want to get to these 70 games, you better put him at the four. Okay. If you want to put it now, I, I, this is how, if, if I were coaching the team, this is what I would do. AD start him at the four and he, and then only let him play and, and half of his game. I'm going to make sure he plays the backup five. Mm-hmm. He only gets a six minute run. I don't care if he makes his first five shots or he misses his first five. I'm looking for AD to play against the backup five because I want to force every team in the league to shorten their rotation when they play against me, because AD, my matchup is how do I get AD playing up, playing against your backup five? That's I'm looking for that every, because you, because think about it. If, if you take AD out early with six minutes to go in the first quarter, mm-hmm. now your starting center has to finish the quarter. Okay. If you take your backups, if you take your center out, because most coaches aren't coaching matchup. They're coaching their rotation. Yeah. They're coaching. Yeah. Okay. So now, now if you take your backup, if you take your starting center out and put your backup center, nine times out of 10, your backup center doesn't have elite rim protection. So we should be able to attack the rim. Mm-hmm. And then I'm okay with that. If you keep him out there for 12 minutes and I bring AD back at the end of the quarter, that guy's not going to be fresh. AD has a six-minute-plus television rest. Advantage me yeah, every single time. And AD's better than all of the backups in the league. I hear it. Now I have an advantage for my second unit, and we're going to play with AD, and, and we're going right through him playing. And so to me, that's the advantage with AD. But if you play him exclusively – against the starters now i think it's a problem he mm. when he plays against the Lakers, i mean he plays against philly because i think joel Embiid is probably his toughest matchup and i'm sure there are others but he should only play half the time against joel Embiid. but the other half against montrez harrell i feel pretty good about that yeah i agree and, and the thing is around the nba there's not many players of Embiid's caliber at the five position mm-hmm. even if he was going up against rob williams or or Bell mcgee it's not like they're getting post-ups on him that he's going to actually have to physically body them up. Whereas if it's a Jokic or an Embiid, then that's the problem. But I would like this time to remind everyone who once compared AD to Giannis and the people who compared AD to Tim Duncan or the people who compared AD and LeBron to Kobe and Shaq, there's still time to apologize, guys. I'm still waiting. I will be waiting forever. <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready when you guys are. Just just so... Hey, BJ, do, you remember, do you remember when we were on TV doing the finals in 2020? And they tried to tell me this was the new Shaq and Kobe. LeBron and AD playing in the Disney bubble. You, you that know, was, a, that you was know, the worst. You know, that was a my era, we had sports discourse. A, we, had a, we had a song in my era by the great Chuck D, who's a friend of mine and public enemy. He said, don't believe the hype, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> you got the classics. You got the classics. So do you have the Golden State Warriors taking the win on opening night? 
Yes. Or do you think the Lakers could steal one? Yes. Yeah, well, anything's possible, but I'm going to go with the Lakers. I mean, I'm going to go with the Warriors. With the Warriors. I, I hear that. I hear that. It's going to be interesting to see. We're going to be here all season long providing these podcasts. Shout out to everyone who listens along, subscribes, leaves a review, leaves a rating. Shout out to everyone who's in a Discord as well. It's getting lit in there. And um, yeah, I can't wait. Let's the season get underway. We're going to be back tomorrow to recap the action. And you know the vibes, guys. Your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. We're here all season long. BJ, yes. Mo, yes. doing what we do best. So make sure you subscribe, leave a five-star review rating, and most importantly, get buckets.